Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Garleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show. Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. Good. So uh, I thought I would apologize in advance in case I'm more feisty than normal this week. Um, what the fuck is okay. that? I've been eating a lot of meat lately, a lot of protein <laughs> the last couple days. So I might be a little, might be a little, might be a little fired up. I have like two is pages of notes. For, two pages of notes for today's topic. Uh, I don't know. I might, might make me aggressive. I'm drinking meat cocktails. Makes you feisty? Just, is that a thing? <laughs> Could be, when when your diet is almost ninety nine percent meat, it could be. Huh. Okay. Um, I feel like we're running a scientific experiment along with today's topic. Well, we'll find out. So, welcome everyone to the one hundred twenty sixth installment of the illustrious gentleman. You can listen to all the past installments on uh, on TigShow dot com. My mic setting is garbage. Let's turn that up. At nottigshow.com, you could go to that, but you're going to get hit with a bunch of ads. I prefer you go to anchor.fm slash tigshow. That's our home base. Uh, I more prefer you go to patreon.com slash tigshow. Click on that support the show for $1 button. I mean, if everyone supported the show for $1, I would never have to buy my own alcohol again. So let's, um, I mean, we. Let's get on that. Because I, I, as the producer, I share that money with on-air talent. Wink, wink. Uh, so... Yeah, there we go. Everyone hop over there. Get on that. Get busy with that patreon.com slash TIG show. Yeah, hit that. Hit that. Smash that button. Get up on it. Uh, I, I Like I said, I'm drinking a cocktail today, Scott. I don't know if you're doing anything or not. It's still summer, so I don't want to force you to drink. Ooh. Oh, uh-oh. I heard a can crack. Everyone might be in for a treat today. We did get some internet feedback saying we don't want to pressure Scott to drink. We're just curious why he's not drinking. So oh, really, yes, people are worried about you because you haven't been drinking <laughs> on the show. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, that's how you know we have good fans. Uh, so, uh, what did you just crack there? That's a can. I'm, wait, I'm gonna guess it's an unveiled brewing. Yeah, you're right. I like their yep, can art. Got- yeah, it's got that like uh, '90s like tribal tattoo look almost. Yeah, you know not, what I I like. Bad. I like the can art, but I'm not a fan of it for beer can art. I I don't know what I would like this type of illustration to be on, but I'm not a fan of it being beer art. Right, but it is better than your typical bullshit can design. Uh, yeah, it's better than like uh, uh, arrogant bastard ale or it, anything that has like uh, I don't know a cartoon character on it. Let's try to get it going. What are you drinking from Unveiled Brewing Company? I've got strawberry Bach. Ooh, strawberry Bach. This probably isn't isn't the best choice to get back on the saddle with. 
No, it's probably a solid 4.8%. Uh, it's 6. Ooh. It's 6%, and there are no ratings for it on Beer Advocate at all. I had oh, to go that's, to that's always a good sign. It's a good sign. Yep. Uh, Raphael on Untapped gives it three dots out of five, and he says, not bad. So that's the lengthiest review on Untapped. Yeah, I notice Untapped. Uh, uh, you can you can go to Untapped on your app and search the illustrious gentleman to follow ours. But uh, yeah, I notice that not a lot of people type shit. I rarely type shit in Untapped. I normally just rate it, take a picture, move on. Um, Nothing about right. the color Ooh. says strawberry. It, it's deceptive in the video. It is it is not that red at all. It is okay. It is very very light. Um, the uh, oh yeah, I see it there. Uh, that brewing, a local Arizona brewing, makes a strawberry that I like. I bet I would like that. Ooh. All right, we'll see. Okay, uh, so I'm trying to uh, on my all meat no diet. I, I, I'm do. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing a kind of keto diet. Though I'm not really force feeding myself fats, but I am kind of cutting out carbs. I got to lose some weight. I'm going to be on camera a lot next month, so I'm trying to drop some lbs. Um, so I'm trying to stay off beer and carbs in general. So today I made myself a cocktail, yeah, loosely in, loosely inspired by a podcast that I listen to, a hockey podcast. Uh, what up to the boys at Spit and Chicklets? Because I'm sure. The, the most popular hockey podcast in the world listens to our podcast. So I just wanted to give them a I'm shout sure out. we have more listeners than the most popular hockey podcast in the world. So uh, they, they have a, a sponsorship with a vodka company. So they make vodka and pink lemonades and they call them pink Whitney's. One of the hosts name is Ryan Whitney, former NHL player. Uh, so I didn't want to do Ray the Whitney. Isn't wasn't he a player? Ray Whitney. He was a player for the Coyotes. I don't think there's a relation. I don't know. They're all related though. They could be cousins. Who knows? It's incestuous <laughs> in Canada. Um, so the Pink Whitney has very specific ingredients. Hi, you, have to have, you have to have a certain uh, type of lemonade, a certain type of vodka. So what I went with is something completely different, but loosely inspired. I'm calling it the Pink Tiggy. Because I did put all my ingredients into a cocktail website, mm-hmm. and it did not come up as a certain cocktail. So oh. I'm, it might exist, it might not, but I'm going to call it the Pink Tiggy for right now. Uh, half oh. a cup of pink lemonade, uh, budget brand made from Kroger powder mix, five calories per eight-ounce servings, uh, three ounces of bottom-shelf gin, whatever the cheapest gin they have. It usually comes in a plastic bottle with like a squeeze top. Uh, half a cup of club soda. And you finish it off with some fresh basil and lime to garnish. Mm. So club soda, lemonade, gin. Basil. Basil. Oh, I, my wife has a basil. I was looking at the basil plant while I was making it, so I decided to throw some basil in there. <laughs> and lime. And it's, I don't know, my camera's terrible, but you can see it looks very refreshing. No, it looks, yeah, it, it looks fine. I'm stuck on basil. Mm, you can't really the basil is not for taste really it's for smell like every time i sip i could smell the basil and i love the smell of fresh basil okay. like i wish not i could like get a deodorant or something well i didn't have any mint i told you i had basil you, you know basil. i i the only thing <laughs> i bought to, the only thing I, I have some oregano i have some mexican oregano there you go uh, the powder. only 
the only ingredient I had to buy for this was the club soda and the lime this morning. So it's really, when I say bottom shelf, it is bottom shelf, uh, but also bottoms up. Um, oh, all right, big boy. That's good. Yeah. Uh, anything new that you're into this week? Oh, anything new that I'm into? Uh, n- no, I don't think so. I I think I subscribe to a handful of new podcasts, but I I have not. Uh, I have not listened to any of them. So bad on me, I guess. No, that's that's totally you. New things. All right. Well, I was going to mention because you texted me and and, and recommended it. Uh, we both binged a newsroom on Amazon Prime over the last week or two. Um, mm. Only a couple years behind on this. Everyone else has moved on. Um, but I'm a big fan of like West Wing and a big fan of Sorkin's uh, Sports Night. So this combined the politics and the behind the scenes TV shit. Uh, so I was into that, and I'm in, really into Asians with freckles. So uh, I'm re- I give it my highest recommendation. <laughs> uh, if you have not yet seen Newsroom on Prime, uh, dive right in, everybody. <laughs> it's available. Yeah, I I remember it's, really enjoying it the first time around. Uh, there's, I've got some issues with it the second time. Uh, like Sorkin is, uh, you love or hate sort of thing. Yeah. I think with that guy, um, I, I feel like he repeats himself in a lot of things. Like I, I really liked, uh, I haven't seen West Wing. Um, I really liked, uh, studio 60, the one season it was on. Right. Uh, the second half of this show seemed to rush through things but i think the first half is super solid uh, but he 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 only seems like he's got a handful of subjects like he, that he's really interested in and he goes over them with different characters yeah i really like the first season of uh newsroom and then it kind of the second and third kind of tapered off for me and he does kind of like, cause I've seen all of his TV shows as far as I know, unless I missed one, but he does do the same kind of storyline. First of all, there's way too much romantic involvement, too much of that shit in there, but he does like one of the, one of the, I can't remember which one, but one of the storylines on newsroom came up and I'm like, Oh, this is exactly like a storyline in, in West wing, like almost to a T, you know, he does have certain topics that he wants to hit and he drills home like in every. Yeah. There was one line of dialogue in season two that was almost word for word from studio 60 that's yeah that sort of stuff just stands out and kind of takes you out of the moment if i'm not in if i remember correctly in sports night in studio 60 and in newsroom almost all the main characters are involved with someone else in the main cast like that they work with it's like every main oh, that's character every has every TV show though. It's just, it, it's it's it it kind of bothered me. Like it got to like okay, let's move on here, you know, like we get it. People at work like to fuck, you know. That's why I jerk <laughs> off so much. I'm I'm one employee. Yeah, I miss being yeah. in an office. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, my only other thing that I'm really into right now is my new pair of swim trunks that I bought at Ross Dress for Less. <gasps> uh yeah. they were they were 10 bucks. Uh, they and, and I wanted something that would show off my legs because even though I still got the belly and the chubby face, my legs are on point lately. Uh, so I wanted some shorts that ended below the knee or sorry, above the knee. 
Uh, so I got them. They kind of look like regular shorts. So I just cut the built-in underwear out of them, which is a whole nother oh, okay. podcast as to why <laughs> men's swim trunks have built-in underwear. So Built-in so underwear. I, so I cut the mesh out. And now I can just wear them as regular shorts all day, and if they get wet, they dry fast, and they they make my oh, that's legs awesome look... converted converted yeah, they... swim trunks. That's great. They make my legs look really really good, so I like. That's a them. good idea, actually. I actually like that a lot. Thanks. And I can't figure out unless you have like minute bowl size cock and balls or shack size cock and balls. What is the point of the mesh underwear? What's it keeping? Well, in that's place? why I need the mesh underwear. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I cut mine out because it's ridiculous. Um, I've been yes. looking for a quick drying like hiking shorts, and I, oh, I so, never thought, oh hey, just just wear a pair of swim trunks. Yeah, dude, go to go to Ross Dress for. But less, you need swim brand. trunks that don't look like swim trunks, you know. Dude, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll send you a, I'll send you a, a, just you. I'll text you a photo later. But they look, you couldn't tell they were swim trunks if you just looked at them, and they were ten bucks at Ross Dress for Less. You can just say Ross. Oh, um. Oh, a new thing. Yeah, I did get new hiking shoes, though. Ooh. So I'm excited about that. Are they Zivas? I don't know what that is. I don't know um, either. I don't know. They're, I, I don't know. I bought them for two purposes. I want to do the flat iron hike and the superstitions, uh, which is currently on fire. But right. the flat iron, uh, it got a, a part of the trail goes up through Siphon Draw, which is just like a... It's almost it's almost like a like a sixty degree rock riverbed. Okay, and so it's all it's all just flat rock that you have to sort of scramble up. Right. So I needed something with traction, and they're waterproof for hiking around in like Oak Creek Canyon or something. Okay. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited. I don't have a lot of things to be excited about lately, but I'm really excited about my new shoes. Well, had you not started that fire in the Superstition Mountains, you could you could go hike there. Yeah. Well. Right. That wasn't yeah. a funny joke. No, that wasn't a funny I, joke. I just won't wink outside anymore. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> it's like a hundred and twenty thousand acres. It's not a good. It's not yeah. a good thing. I'll um, stop flexing when I'm hiking. It's too hot. That's right. Every time you flex, cactus catches fire. Uh, okay. So now that we're into minute 15, maybe we should start today's topic. Because like I said, I got pages no. of shit to go oh. through. <laughs> uh, I have about five minutes worth of material. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Normal show. Um, so today's topic <laughs> is uh, what if we were going to start our own indie comic publishing company? Yeah. Uh, keeping in mind, neither of us have business degrees. I, mean, I guess I don't know. I assume you don't. I don't. Uh, I shouldn't assume. Um, and I would assume and slash know for sure that any company, <laughs> any company that I created would uh, bleed money for the first couple of years, no doubt, if not more. Keeping all that in mind, this is what I would do. Yeah. Bas- basically. Yeah. I, I think my idea for it was like, what kind of books would you focus on producing? Uh, I, I'm I, I'm not getting into the who's, like I, I don't have a no I don't no me neither creators I would try to no recruit I I just tried to come up with like four or five different kinds of books I would try okay. to put together. All right, I have some uh, numbers to crunch if you want to crunch some Ooh, numbers. I I did I feel some, like crunching. Some, I did some deep dive research 
courtesy of uh, Diamond's website, previews slash Diamond's website, using the data chart from April 2019. This is what all these numbers are based off of. So in April of 2019, speaking of comic publishers, Marvel had a 45% market share. Mm-hmm. DC had a 25% market share. Wowzers. And distant third was Image at eight per, uh, nearly 8%, with only five other publishers having more than 1% of the market share. This so is dollars? It, uh, this is dollars and sort of just product on the, on the shelves. Yes, units and dollars. So they kind of line up, obviously. Uh, Marvel has the most units. DC has the second most units. Image has the third most units. They're the top three in both categories. Uh, eight of the top 20 publishers have ninety nine have over 99% of the market share in North America. I so let's say there's 200 publishers in the U.S., 192 of them split 1% of the market share. Jesus I don't. Christ. I don't know if those... I don't, I'm just... I made that number up, the, the 200. But anyways... Um, so yeah, as far as units shipped, those line up with the percentages of market share, so that kind of makes sense. Marvel put out almost as many books as DC and Image combined. I think DC and Image put out 143 books that month, that month, or no, 145 books that month, and Marvel put out 143. So they're kind of oh almost God doubling up the biggest competition. Um, so kind I of think uh, maybe uh, uh, some topic in the future might be saturation. Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, yeah. Marvel itself put out 143 titles in April of 2019. That's that's now, uh, now that's that includes not, trades. Those aren't all monthly floppies. Yeah, yeah. It includes trades, and they also have a category for magazines, which Marvel had none, but uh, DC had one. So it's all periodicals coming out of there, whether they're reprints or whether they're new or whether they're trades or whether they're graphic novels. Um, that's an unbelievable number. And uh, I think the term is have fun, man. I think the term is uh, Thank you. gerund to our conversation. Only about five of the top twenty publishers publish superhero comics at all, and only about three of the top twenty publish a majority of superheroes. So, yep. uh, and then the uh, to, to to go back to the market share and all that. The twentieth ranked publisher because Diamond ranks the top 20 and then all others is how they categorize everything the 20th ranked publisher based on market share had only 0.22 percent of the market one-fourth of one percent would get you into the top 20 publishers of comic books in north america that is fucking insane so so marvel and dc combined for 70 percent yeah yeah, like 72, 70, and, but it fluctuates every month, but in, in April of this month, but it doesn't fluctuate that okay. much, so let's go ahead and say 30% and, and, or and 70. And they're near exclusively superhero publishers. Right. So 70% of product sold month to month in comic book shops is right. superhero Right, and and uh, something I found super interesting was uh, the only other top ten publisher that I would classify as nearly one hundred percent superhero books is Valiant, and they're ninth, and they have less than one percent of the market share. But they only published ten books in April of twenty nineteen. Still, ten right. books for the ninth place publisher. Right, that's a so lot that, of books. Yeah, but that makes me think that it, it, you know Valiant only published ten books, and they're in the top ten of the of North America. 
that would give me hope that maybe if Valiant published 20%, they could move out a ninth and, you know, move up or whatever. And all, like I said, all these numbers are based off one chart I read on one website. So anyone who works for Valiant or anyone who knows better, don't fucking yell at me. I'm going off of what I saw on a chart. But they sold essentially, uh, I don't know, less than 10%. They put out less than 10% of what Marvel put out, and they're still in the top 10. Um, so it, well, I don't know. Somebody has to be in the top 10. Who's 10th? How many books did 10th place put out? Uh, you know what? 10th uh, is Aftershock. Uh, let me see how many books. I, I kept the chart up because I thought this was going to come up. Let me see how many they put out. Hang on. Let me scroll down here. Uh, Aftershock put out 15 books and they're 10th. Valiant put out 10 and they're 9th. Huh. Other than other than that, the whole chart makes sense. The people who the the so, person who put out the yeah, most 15. is number one, and it go. I mean, it drops significantly. Image put out sixty books, IDW forty one, Boom thirty one, Dark Horse only twenty six. That was kind of shocking. Uh, Yen Press, which I think is anime, they only do graphic novels. They put out twenty four graphic novels. Uh, Dynamite only put out twenty books. Aftershock fifteen, Valiant That's ten. That's so many to me. That is you so think that's many. a lot? Even, yeah, like I would think like even like Marvel or DC, like monthly books is only doing like 20 monthly books in my brain. Well, you're, I think you're incorrect. Marvel Comics put out 106 floppies in April of 2019. That is insanity. DC, Ooh. I find this, I find this shocking. DC only put out 52 monthly comics. Of course they did. Oh shit! I never thought about that. I wonder if they're keeping that numbers. I should go back and on my own time, I'll go back and look to see if it always stays at fifty-two. But that to me, that's only that's that's like twelve and a half books a week. That doesn't oh seem like that God, many. That's so many. It doesn't seem like that many. Um, but DC I mean, put you, out a, it, like like floppies, monthly periodicals. That that, right. that seems like an insane number to me. I don't think it seems that high. Uh, DC put out more than twice as many trades or graphic novels than Image did. So Image put out almost as many floppies as DC did in April. That's kind of crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so okay, so that's where we're at here. If we're trying to, to start a publishing company in today's landscape, that's kind of where we're at. Um, so I broke mine down into like three four little segments but i don't think you did as well um i've got four genres okay so you stuck with genres i got a i i have like how many books what format how i would promote them yikes uh, so i guess i have three how do you promote them i have four yeah that's the, i don't know that's the thing so let's okay let's go with this Let's go with, in general, what kind of, and then we can go down into your specifics, but in general, what kind of books would you publish to start a publishing company in today's climate? And I want to clarify real quick so that John Derek yeah. West doesn't fucking start calling me and texting me as soon as this episode comes out. I my This plan I put together is to for a traditional combo company that would sell through previews and mostly sell in comic shops and bookstores. It's not how I would handle like a scholastic book line or an all ages line geared towards young adults. This is a comic book company that I would start geared for comic book fans. Cause I know he's going to text me. He's going to call, he's going to try to call me. I'll ignore his phone call. Then he'll text me about how I'm doing it all wrong. So this is if I was going to start someone to compete on the aftershock sort of boom Oni level of publishers. 
Okay, Scott. Right. Wh- wh- where do you go from here? Um. So if you're not one of those two people that have seventy percent market share and do almost a hundred percent superhero content, um, I think you have. It, obviously, you can't do superhero books if you're the new kid. You can't. You can't. Nobody's. I agree. Care. I agree. Um. So I think you know. I think sci-fi always has an audience, uh, especially today. I guess maybe probably since what Star Wars, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, you can't go wrong with a sci-fi book. A few sci-fi books. It doesn't matter. Uh, the sci-fi books. I think uh, those are probably more writer driven books. I mean, it sort of pains me to say, but especially if you're a new guy, you need, you need a name to sell. If it's going to be usually a lot of these, these little publishers, they, they hook, uh, um, some talent to be like an editor in chief or a president or something, or they're they're not going to do like the actual, the actual month to month comic book work, you know, they might do the first three issues of whatever their, their flagship book is going to be. Right. But, uh, uh, sci-fi, I would do something like that. Something like fear agents or why the last man, uh, copperhead, you know, one of those (laughs) sort of things. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know. I I don't know. I think one of the things you want um if you're the new guy is uh a a uh, a, a marketable property and not only marketable to the readers and comic shops but to Hollywood cuz that that's why anybody publishes anything anymore. Yeah, I agree. Uh so yeah, I'll jump in here. I also wrote down I wrote down three categories, but the first one was sci-fi, uh, and then I wrote horror. But I'm really thinking sci-fi yeah. horror, not not just a could, straight no, up horror it, book. Sci-fi horror. Oh, no, you could do a straight up horror book. I had right. horror as one, and then yeah, I have something like, like I mean, Walking Dead was still the biggest right. thing in forever. Yeah, and I have uh, so sci-fi horror and crime. So like a revenge yep, crime, crime story, because well. uh, all those, like you said, would lend themselves to an option which would. Right. Right. And I would, I mean, I didn't write this down, but now that I'm thinking about it, if I was the publisher and I was investing in these books, I would treat it kind of like a, like a vertigo scenario where I, as the publisher would get part of the media rights if it was option. So then that would go back into the company or whatever. I wouldn't do an image model just because to do the image model, you had to have the seven biggest creators at the time break off and do it. It wouldn't work. Like I don't see a publisher doing that now, but I would do like a, 30 70 split with the creative team or something like that. Uh, I'm the asshole, but I'm also the dude fronting the money. Um, yep. Yeah. So I yeah, think those are, yeah, you'd have to pay something up front with that model. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Attractive yes. to creators. Yes. I would give it, sorry. I would give a page rate, but then I would take a percentage of media rights um, for a short, however long, 18 months or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I do agree. Superhero comics would not sell unless you were able yeah. to snag like, like if you were able, like if Mark Wade and Chris Somney wanted to create a superhero book at your brand new publisher, then that's what you do because they're bringing a huge audience with them. 
Yeah, cause um, you're not. Yes, you're not selling that book. You're selling those two dudes. Right. That's the only way I think superhero comics work at a new publisher. I I, I do have a category for subversive superhero stuff, like alt superhero, like The Boys is coming to Amazon. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So something like it. that, Umbrella yeah. Academy, Powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Something right. that's not traditional superhero stuff. Yeah, that could work. Uh, I don't know how well those kind of... Well, I don't know how well, like, in the grand scheme, like, what does Umbrella Academy sell as opposed to, like, X-Men or something like that. Um, but those have their niche, and they're obviously profitable for the publishers, so it would make sense. Yeah, so then um, moving on here... Uh, how many books would you start with? Like like your initial... So my idea was get through the first year. That's kind of how I thought about it. How many books would you launch your publishing house with? How uh, many four titles? Four or five, probably. Yeah, I did four also. Uh, I think my thought was, I assume there's going to be a tiny editorial and publishing team behind it. So if you do more than books than they can handle, then quality is going to slip. Mistakes yeah. are going to happen. So I went with four... Also, just thinking that um, y- y- in the course of a year, you could get four. So my format is, sorry, let me jump back here. Uh, a new publisher, TKO, they started with four titles. I think Boom might have started with just a couple books in their first year. So I, that that's kind of my thought. Like, you don't go crazy out of the box. Uh, I don't know if you remember that speakeasy, that speakeasy company that was around in the late 90s, early 2000s. No. They were trying to compete with Image, I think, and they tried to release a shit ton of books. Kind of went out of business after like a year or two. Um, so my idea was also four titles, and then my format was, even though it's a loss leader, was the four issue four issue floppies miniseries collected into a trade. Um, my idea was maybe throw a short story in the trade to get it to closer to 100 pages, so it's not like 80, 85 okay. pages. And then that would also allow all four series to have their entire, all their monthlies and their trade come out in the first year of publication. So at the first year that my business is open, I have four complete stories finished in the can. And then you can kind of use that to, where am I going to go next? Am I switching straight to graphic novels? Am I keeping with the floppies? Because I assume floppies lose a fucking ton of money, but they're a presence in the store. So all year long, your publishing company has a little presence in the store Every month, month after month, uh, I, I, I think that loss leader might be necessary. But again, I have no fucking clue. Um, but you said four titles also. What genre? We talked about that. Did you go further into that? Like, did you break down four titles into four genres? Well, I had the four genres, and then I just had examples of books, like I okay. mentioned with Fear Agent and shit. Yeah, J- just um. I don't know. Books I thought worked um, despite the publisher that was producing them. So, okay. Yeah. Like, like the boys, umbrella Academy, fear agent, uh, stray bullets, uh, like criminal walking dead, witches, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, walking dead is kind of the poster boy. When you look at, books that should not maybe have been successful that were crazy. Like it's a black and white zombie book, you know, like, yeah, maybe witches isn't a great example. Cause that's the Scott Snyder bump. Um, but I mean, fear agent, you know, recommender and Tony Moore, nobody really. Well, Tony launched the walking. Yeah. Tony launched but, the walking, walking yeah. dead. So, 
yeah. But uh, yeah, that sort of stuff. So, eh, yeah, stuff that that, that you feel like content that would be successful regardless of the the logo in the corner. So it doesn't have to be an image book. It doesn't have to be a DC book. Yeah, just uh, shit that's uh, generally appealing. Well, what what uh, what format would you go with? Would you go straight to trade, I, I or would you that, go I think, floppies? No, I think you're a good. Uh, that was a good idea. The floppies, like yeah, sort of like the early Valiant model. You do the four or five issues, and then you collect them into the. Or like the current image model, I guess. They do like four or five issues and then they do the ten dollar trade. The first trade is always ten bucks, regardless of whatever. I don't uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. Oh. It was well, it was a good idea. If it's not anymore, it was I, I think it was a good idea. But yeah, I you agree. could do that with the you you could hit one, two, three, four, you could drop your trade. You could even do the next four, have another trade, so you could have eight issues two trades in the first year yeah yeah um whatever you know it i don't know this is really as far as i can go with this sort of stuff because i have no no idea what the the business end of any of this looks like and i gotta say i just i really don't care This was your idea. You put this into the Google Doc doc about top show. Topics. Yeah, and this is as much as I got. So Bye. I think a lot of <laughs> some people I see Kickstarters or I see certain like like individuals that are publishing houses coming out with the uh, like digital first. So it'll be a, like they'll release them digitally for four issues and then do a trade. Um, mm. That idea might work if. If you're not, I don't know if that idea works. If you really want to become a, a publisher that people know the name of, I think you have to be in comic comic book stores. Um, again, this is not for like fucking young adult comic kid comics. This is for like an audience of 16 years and up kids buying monthly periodicals. I think you have to, I mean, I don't, I have a monitor that's big enough to where I can just read a comic on my screen and I don't have to zoom in or do anything. And I still don't like to read comics on my screen. Like I, I don't know if digital comics will ever be as popular as print comics. I think they've been trying to do it for like a decade. I don't know what the sales numbers are, but I would be shocked if many, it'll happen. It'll happen eventually. I, I guess it will. Well, you know what they no comics will just be dead by then. Well, no, did, I, I think I, I aren't they saying now that uh, book sales are up the highest they've been in like 15 years? Like people want physical media, I think, like unless you're unless you're divi- unless you have a reader, what that's about, unless you have a reader and I'm holding my hand up like I have a device in my palm. No one can see that except for Scott. Unless you have a reader that is not connected to the Internet, that is just oh, like nice a, old, like the old school Kindles that weren't connected to the Internet or whatever. I don't see the appeal because I don't want to be able to jump to my Twitter account from in the middle of reading a comic. The whole point of reading a comic or reading a book is to get away from that. So having the screen, I think, fucks you up. I bought a Kindle 10 for the express purpose of reading books on it, of reading comics. So I, I, I don't have Twitter on it. I don't have any of my social media stuff on my Kindle. Uh... I use it for comics and porn, and that's it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so how many comics are you reading on that? Not as much as I'm watching porn. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's my whole thing is I, I I think that model of digital first and then print at the, uh, a trade collected trade it, it it might work and again it might work if you're Mark Wade and Chris Somney or uh you know Mignola if he did a digital first Hellboy series or other series that would make sense but you I don't know if you could launch a publisher with you know like I I'd be important to me if I launched my my publishing company it'd be important to me to pay fair rates fair indie rates mm-hmm. but i would need some like i would have to hope that i use the periodicals to build that towards the graphic novel sales i don't know if i could pay someone to then release digitally for the first Man, five months i i don't even know how to market a print book and just trying to think about how to market a digital only book i i don't know i i have no clue how to do that i mean where do you even do that Right. So I have, I wrote down a couple bullet points for promotion because I'm a pro. Can't spell promotion. Speaking of motion, first thing I would do is what I think a lot of people already do is you got to engage the comic shop owner on a personal level. So I think a lot of individual or mm. uh, independent creators, and this kind of yes. sucks, even even with creator-owned books that like Dark Horse or Image, you call, you email, you you Facebook message the store for every comic shop you could find invite them to game night yes yes you talk to them about magic and then at the end of the conversation you take it back to comics uh but you send them like a promotional pdf that has like what you're if you're a new publisher and if you're trying to be different what it is uh a pdf of every completed first issue before they have to put their orders in um i know that when um and this isn't this isn't a direct correlation because kirkman is kirkman but when uh, Oblivion Song was coming out, he sent comic shops the entire first trade. They had the first five issues and the trade already done before it was solicited. Comic shops got to read the first five issues of the comic before ordering the first issue. Uh, I talked to a comic book store owner, friend of the program, who, who thought that was a great idea. Like It, it kind of made him confident in ordering the first issue as, as much as he did because he already knew what the five issues were like. He already knew no matter what, there was going to be a trade. Like the, the book is on schedule. It's not going to miss months. There's a trade. So I, I, I think stores want that shops want that, especially new, new publishers. So I would do that. I'd go to those sweet, like retailer conventions that are normally like in Vegas and shit. I'd go there. I'd set up a table, shoot the shit, depending on what my budget is. But I mean, take, Find find the find a dude who owns four stores in uh, in Illinois and buy him a round of drinks or you know whatever. I think shit like that goes a long way. You're not bribing your way into their store, but you're just showing you're like a cool dude that they want to do business with, right? Everyone hmm. wants to do business with cool dudes. Um, I guess. I mean, I think little things like that go a long way. Like a, a forty dollar round of drinks might net you five graphic novel orders. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be talking out of my ass right now, but I, I think that could work. Yeah, Just, I get. Yeah. Well, I suppose you're the one, or they're the one you're selling the books to, but then they have to turn around and sell the books. Right, right but if it's quality work, and not all new publishers have quality work, but if it's quality work, getting the book on the shelf should be that should be your in that should be your goal right 
get the store to order the yeah. book to put it on the That's shelf. That's all you can do, I suppose. Because that cover is so fucking tight and that logo and trade dress is so tight that once it's on the shelf, people are going to pick it up. Because you don't want to rely on the publisher, I don't think, to, to sell it word of mouth to his customers. You want it to be good on the shelf. I'll, I'll, yes, yes. Okay, one, yeah. You, you can't sell anything people don't want, so it's got to be good. Uh, it's got to look good, blah, all that stuff. I, man, I, the uphill battle though, is just, if, if I won the lottery, this probably is not an endeavor I would undertake because it just seems like such a headache and it just demoralizing. You said Valiant is number nine. Valiant's been around since what? 92? Well, they they disappeared for a while. Yeah, they did. <laughs> They've been back around though for probably like eight years now, nine years now, and they're only uh, putting out nine or ten books a month. But man, it's just it's demoralizing. But if you're a creator working for Valiant, everything I've heard is positive. So they're maybe maybe only putting out ten books a month is the way to go. You yeah, know? I mean. Yeah, I I guess I get I mean you're you're still alive if you're valiant. You're you're still breathing. Yeah. I guess that's a win. There yeah, you got Vin Diesel filming a bloodshot movie. I mean, like you could be cross-gen. Right. Well, that's the whole thing I think like you don't want to expand like this wasn't something I wrote down. Um so everyone be pre- be prepared to be impressed cuz I'm going to I'm going to riff here. But you don't want to expand you don't want to be Marvel after six months. You don't want to be DC after six months. Where you're you, putting out 125 bucks a month. Right. Like, there's... I, I thought about this a lot because I, I, I... What was I... I was doing something. And I realized, like, oh, this company just wants more and more and more. Like, they they want to become a billion-dollar company. Maybe it's when I was watching Newsroom and they kept having all these subs- subsidiaries and shit like that. And I'm thinking, like, just do one thing well and be happy with your like couple hundred grand a month profit margin. Don't why do you have to turn $200 $200,000 a month of profit into 2 million a month? If you're not expanding your if you're not hiring all these executives and you're keeping a small company of 3 or 4 people employed, why not why can't you just be happy with that? Why can't you just be happy with making a good salary and putting out a good product? Why do you have to become a conglomerate or a monopoly or something like that? So I guess my goal would be let's let's put out four to five really good books a year and try to make a profit on those. And that I'm fine with that for like a decade. You know, if I'm paying my bills and I'm living good and shit like that, why flood the market with garbage? Everything should be quality. Um, oh, everything should be quality. I think right. I, I think that's the intention in going into anything, whether you're selling comics or plungers or cupcakes or whatever well do you do you think the great people at marvel who i would love to work with at any point should they reach out do you think that they're putting out 140 titles a month thinking that or i'm sorry whatever it was 108 110 floppies a month do you think they're putting those out thinking these are the best these this is the 110 best things we can do or is there part of it like let's put out more titles in our competition and we're going to keep a hold on you know, we're going to be, stay number one based off of numbers. 
I don't know. I, I, I think, think that that might be is somewhere up the chain when you get into the suits that yeah have no idea what's going on. But the people on the ground, the editors and the writers and the oh, they're all trying their the best. colors. Yeah, right. they're, yeah, yeah. Right, but they're also getting like they're also getting uh, higher up. Uh, is dictating we need a fifth Guardians of the Galaxy book, and I'm sure there's a group editor somewhere saying. We don't need a fifth Guardians of the Galaxy of the book. You know, we don't need a fourth Avengers book. We don't need a third Wolverine book. But they're being told to do it. So you're right. They're going to make the best. They're going to make lemonade out of lemons. But maybe there shouldn't be an asshole in a suit somewhere telling them to make lemonade. The only only real person that can decide whether any of those things are or wanted or not is the reader is the consumer. Um, so I mean, I, I feel like this is one of those places comics where if you wanted to do four Avengers books, you, you would have, you know, uh, a, a, a talent worthy of being on those books. No problem. I, I, I don't feel like there's any shortage of talented people in this business who deserve a shot on, uh, on any number of things. I agree. So if if, yeah. D- if DC wanted to do eight Justice League books a month, I, I don't, I, I would not fear it being um, uh, the creative team being unworthy of the, of that platform. You know, right. I, I, I feel th- like there's enough to go around here, but, right. but there's enough to go around talent I mean, wise. Nobody's going to, you know, that readers pockets are only so deep. Yeah. There's no shortage of creative teams, but is there a shortage of people who want to buy a fifth of yes. books? Like yes. wouldn't four, wouldn't three Avengers books sell as much as five Avengers books? Because you have an audience. They're going to buy, if you have an audience of a hundred thousand people, they're going to buy. Some of them are going to buy less of the main three titles to buy the other two titles. I think your sales would come out the same. Uh, you know what yeah, I'm that, saying? Yeah, like, that sounds like math that might be appropriate. Right, you have a you have a finite audience, so you could spread it out amongst as many books as you want, or you could have uh, one Avengers book be the best selling book every month because you're selling ninety thousand copies a month or whatever. Like I understand, I understand the uh, uh, you squash your fucking competition and and bleed them dry and steal their audience by having all these great options. I get that, but I, 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 I don't know if there's any property on the planet and I don't know if there's any comic book fans on the planet buying five Avengers books a month. Do you think there's people, and I'm exaggerating. What is there? There's probably like two Avengers books a month, but I'm trying to think of a property that might have way too many titles. Is there somebody buying all sure, those titles book or something? Yeah. Right, is there somebody buying all that shit bi-monthly? Somebody is. I would say that I would say the number of people who buy every book that's I don't that just know says that person. Avengers in the title m- might be very limited. Um, so yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, and going back to before we started rambling, going back like when you start a new when you start a new company, that's not who you're competing with. You're competing with the I mean, I don't even know. 
I don't even know if, if if I launched a new publishing company, I wouldn't even be competing with like Aftershock or anyone in the top 20. You know, I would just be trying to turn a profit so I could keep it going, keep it rolling, you know, like that would be my goal is publish yeah, four I, books, publish four books this year, publish. You're, you're uh, only competing with indifference. Year. I don't think there's, there, there's, there's no, you're, you're not going up against anybody. Yeah. You're not, you're not going after Aftershock. You're not going after Valiant, you know, uh, you're just trying to get people to look at you. So indifference right. is the biggest thing to overcome. Right. I mean, the goal would be like at year three or four, if I'm publishing 10 books a month, I should be ecstatic because that yeah, means I, I can't keep pulling enough doing, you know, taking pull quotes from my mom to put on the back of these <laughs> trades. Right. That'd be great, though. Like, what if like you started a publishing company in 25 years down the road, every trade you've ever produced has a pull quote from your mom? Yeah. <laughs> and someone would be like, I didn't my even mom read likes this. it press. Right. I didn't even read this one because it involves like a baby got murdered. So I couldn't even be bothered to read it. But Scott's such a good boy that I assume it's very good. <laughs> and I met your mom. She doesn't sound anything like that. Um, no. My my only other note is, is I, I, I would try to utilize social media as much as possible. Um, I, I would I would probably pay for those ads on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But also I think something that that I mean, obviously, if we're talking about putting comics into a comic book shop and putting out monthlies to then be collected into a trade, we are old, right? We're, we're searching for the 30 year old audience. But I think one thing we can gain from the younger audience is the power of like a hashtag or the power of like a meme or something. So this is this is way off the beaten path. But it's like I would make sure that everyone in my creative team, every artist, every writer, every letterer, whenever they tweet or post about the book, they use the same hashtags for everything, right? So say you're like me and I follow a bunch of comic people. So I, I know about even small publishers because people just post about them. But if you're using the same hashtag, so if I'm following four dudes who work for comic company X and they're posting about their books and their book and all of them have the same hashtags, then just sort of subconsciously or whatever, I realize like, oh, that's it's like one thing. I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say, but if I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed and I keep seeing the same hashtag, it makes me think, oh, this might be a big deal. Let me check it out. Well, it could oh, only yeah. be four people totally. in your feed. You're, it could only be five people in your feed. Yeah, your, uh, your, your marketing guy is going to be just as important as anybody else on any of the books right here. Right. You're going to have right. to figure out some clever way to do this. I mean, I, I almost think you got to go like uh, – you got to come up with some like Blair Witch sort of garbage, you know. It's got to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would probably overthink it and try to put together this really, uh, uh, this complicated thing where you you, right. you, do, you try to do some f- fancy fucking social media thing where you. F- I I don't even know what my thing would be. It would probably be something stupid like a like an online scavenger hunt or something. And it would yeah. just, it would totally be super lame, but it, it would be something in that vein. Yeah, because nobody's gonna look at this stuff. Everybody's gonna walk into the comic shops. They're gonna uh, their eyes are gonna go from Avengers to Captain America to Iron Man to Batman to Superman, and nobody's even gonna see this stuff. 
So yeah, yeah. I I don't think you can. You need eyeballs to be trained to look for this before they even walk into the shop, and I don't. I am not smart enough to know how to do that. Yeah, I also like the idea. I just thought of two things while you were talking about that. One thing is, let's say all four of my first issues drop on the same week, okay? Because that would be a business plan. That would be an idea. I would have all four covers look alike. So maybe it's like just the main character against a white background with the same color logo with a good kind of design, like logo for the company, like a good trade dress, something like that. So that when you're looking at a wall of new releases, maybe four of these things kind of pop out to you and you think they're kind of similar. And so they're all the same company. Um, Or if you could afford it, you get like one of these like sexy young kind of guys like maybe like a Donny Cates or somebody, and you say like, oh, if you buy all four issues of number one of this thing, you'll Mitch get a Garrett's. code. You you redeem that code for a Mitch Garrett's exclusive comic that you can only get by having all four codes from all four issues or something like that. I think Valiant might have done something like that in the 90s or somebody did something like that in the 90s where you almost, I mean, it's a shitty, as someone who buys comics, it's shitty. But as a publisher, it's like, oh, yeah, you buy these four issues and try them out. And as your reward, we're going to give you a bonus comic through the mail that is by your favorite comic creators or by, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> you, you, you bully yeah, them into that. buying your first issues and then you hope the first issues sell. Uh, another way is just doing like dollar first issues and just know you're going to lose money. Every first issue is a dollar. I like that. Yeah, I, I, always I was that thinking model too. maybe you uh, you line up with your debut with Free Comic Book Day and you do a single issue with the first five pages or whatever of every book. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. Give them, you know, give them a taste for free and then they're addicted to heroin. It's like that. Like just that's right. Uh, get yeah. Get them in. Yeah, yeah. I saw a YouTube video that uh, I didn't watch it, but the title was "Entrepreneurs Do Exactly the Same Thing as as Drug Dealers Do." Right. I assume it's something like that. Yeah, give them a taste, get them hooked. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think now that I'm thinking back on it, I think Barry Windsor Smith's Rune Number One might have only been available if you bought like five other Valiant issues and got a code, something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe that's why I thought about that idea. But anyways, I guess we need to. We're getting close to wrapping this up. Um, yeah, you, you have to buy the first issue because the clues to where we're holding your parents are in that first issue. Right, right. What was the? Uh, there's a Mad Magazine or not Mad Mag? Yeah, maybe it was Mad Magazine where they had a picture. It's like, uh, was it a? It's a gun against like a dog's head or something. It's like you have to buy this issue. Or we're gonna kill this dog. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I could it could have been a baby or something like that, but it could be like uh you know, you could do a whole like 6 month build up to it like, "Oh, we stole we stole we stole Dan Panosian's baby. If you want to get him back to Dan's family, you got to buy the <laughs> oh first like 10 issues, you know, the first 10 issue our first 10 releases. Some stupid shit. I don't know. All that's sorry, bad Dan. ideas. Uh yeah, sorry Dan. I just I don't I, I tried to think of a name that wouldn't get too offended. Um He's probably mad at me now. Um, he doesn't listen. But no. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you, you gotta be creative in your marketing because all that matters is getting some dude to pick up the first issue, and then it's all based on the quality of the book, right? It's quality of the printing, quality yeah. of the editorial, yes. quality of everything else. Uh, but the key is to get them to pick your book up off the rack 
But the key to that, because you can do that by good design and good art, by by a good artist, you got to get the retailer to buy your book. You know, you got to get the retailer to invest in and promote your book and put it on their new release oh, shelf. And this all sucks. I hate this. That's that's the hardest part. Um, and that's what she said. Uh, it's been a while since we've done it. That's what she said. Uh, yeah, I guess that's where I would. Looking back on it now that we've talked for. 55 minutes or whatever um i would look as the at the retailer as my customer because i would put faith in the quality of the book that once people read it they're going to pick up issue two uh and i would also i'd put an ad in the back of issue one saying if you like this issue you have to tell your retailer to order issue two and three and four you can't just mm-hmm. assume they're going to have it um yeah. but yeah your cust- your customer as a publisher is probably more the the retailer than the actual end end game customer yeah, um, yeah. I, I keep going back to movie things. I guess that that was the thing with Paranormal Activity, right? Wasn't that the thing? They had some like online petition. You had to you had to petition your movie theater to to carry the movie. Something like that. Oh, that'd be cool. It'd be like this yeah. weird sort of like I don't know, like ultra super hip. You said speakeasy, but like literal speakeasy sort of thing where. Like, yeah, we're not even going to put our fucking comics on the shelves, asshole. You're going to have to go to the counter, and you're going to have to know the password to ask for them. Right. Yeah. The password oh, is that's Garrett's. really... I like that a lot. We're so fucking cool. We don't even want you to read our comic, man. You know, fuck yeah, it's off, a, lame-o. Not at all... Not only is it black and white, but we printed a copy and then we photocopied the printed copy, and you're getting that. You're getting a third generation garbage copy. It's like that's pages how fucking cool we are. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, coffee stains. We keep the coffee stains in our comics because fuck you. Yeah. You want your that's how I would sell comics. it. Comic shops won't even fucking carry this, man. That's they right. can't. They can't. They can't carry it. it Diamond won't carry it. That is what we'll say. Diamond won't carry it. So your right. your comic owner is going to be like, hey, hey, kid, uh, you know that book? You know that book Diamond won't carry? I, I got some. You, yeah. you interested? Yeah. yeah, except he'll like he'll do the he'll do the head check like, oh, we got to go out front. I can't even talk about it. We're being watched. I can't even talk <laughs> about it in the store. We got to go out front. <laughs> I love this shit. I take it back. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to really deep dive into that. It it is hard drugs and not. This just is comments. the angle. Like, Th- this is this is the promotion angle, right? And like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you got to tell ten friends about it, or else we're gonna come fucking kick your ass, you fucking dork. Like that yeah. kind of shit. Like, we got to You got to create like you got to create like a grassroots movement where people are telling their friends about it. And yeah, people are telling their people are basically calling their retailers pussies and assholes for not ordering heavy on this shit like you know yeah uh, oh what it, that it, it, what yeah. that horror book yeah yeah <laughs> i i heard the writer spent like 10 years in a russian insane asylum yeah yeah this ain't no fucking joke you gotta fucking order that shit and if you don't i'm never coming back to yeah. play magic i'm not playing friday night magic if you don't carry uh, no this is nuts. real fucking magic this book this book's fucking right. haunted you don't want any right. of this man yeah, you got to order 20 copies of Nunsu Bang number one or else I ain't playing <laughs> fucking Friday Night Magic up in this bitch. Uh, yeah, that kind of shit. 
force feed oh, I love these this. fucking I, people. Yeah. Two minutes ago, I hated this whole thing, but no, I'm in. Yeah, like, but like, get a get a get a uh, like a, my my bottom shelf caliber gin. Get a get a deal with them with for like every third bottle of caliber gin you buy, you get a free comic. <laughs> we probably should have had like a retailer on to do like a point counterpoint or whatever but yeah i was thinking earlier it maybe it would be a cool thing to do like a realtor round table episode at some point just just with a bunch of guys from stores and because i feel really ignorant about a lot of the business side of this stuff and uh, yeah maybe i should educate myself and maybe we could educate the audience that way too but whatever you know maybe just maybe, just uh, saying they it just bored had me it. to tears they just had it in uh, Vegas. They just had their the Diamond Retailer Summit in Vegas not that long ago, I think. So maybe next year we should – I know it's going to suck, but we, we should bite the bullet and go to Vegas next year for the Retailer Summit and uh, try to do some podcasts with the retailers there. Oh, yeah. I Let's mean, do that. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be hard, but – That's not what she said. We can, we can make it happen. Um Okay, so yeah, I guess to, to, to wrap up the topic, we're both in agreement. If you want to have any chance of being successful, if you're going to launch a new publisher, non-superhero books. to kill and, family and, members. Right, right, and and limit it to maybe four or five titles. Um, yeah, so everyone follow our advice, and then when you get rich, kick us like 1% of profits. And with that, we'll buy a round of beer. Uh, all right. Do you have any more thoughts on this, Scott? No. I don't, I don't know. We're, are we good? I thought my two pages of notes were going to carry us, but I kind of went through them like lickety split, if you will. Uh, how was your Johann Sebastian Bach? How was that? <laughs> my Johann Strawberry Bach? Yeah. Um, I, it's, I don't know what this is, man. It's. It's got to be easy to drink. Oh, it's totally easy to drink. And so all these American lagers, Bud Light, Coors, Miller, all this stuff it has the same sort of tinge to it that um, it produces a gag reflex in me. It's probably <laughs> it's not the only thing, a, a product of my, uh, my, my youth, but uh yeah, it, it just it it tastes like somebody dropped like a like a quarter packet of strawberry Kool Aid into a Bud Light. Oh, so it that, uh, that's not good. Like on the nose, you wouldn't even know that this was strawberry or anything. I don't get a lot of strawberry. It's kind of creamy. It's almost like vanilla y. But uh, but there's still that 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 ugh that that American lager garbage. Ugh. Well, for the so for like the two and a half for the first maybe. time two and a half. I was gonna say for the first time in like a month, I need you to rate something. So like two and a half, not yeah, it's not it's drinkable oh, if you if you come across it if you stumble upon it on the street, on the street and it's still cold. Knock yourself out. Um. So, is it my turn? 
Is that where we're at? Yeah, you keep go, dropping your you keep dropping yeah. your phone. You're being very violent. No, in the I, I keep getting today. calls and then it knocks out my Bluetooth and my audio just comes straight out of the phone. So then I have to pair uh, it back up. It's just a fucking nightmare. I, so popular. I don't know if that's an LG thing, but you got to fucking fix this LG. You're I have ruining an LG. the show. I have an LG. And it does the same thing. If I'm listening, anything I'm listening to, the phone call always takes priority, fucks everything up. Uh, okay, no one gives a shit about. Uh, if we were a popular podcast, we'd both have higher quality phones, but we're both rocking the LG. Uh, no, yeah, if LG life, wanted or sponsor us, I'd throw their money back in their face. Hashtag life's good. Uh, so the uh, pink tiggy, uh, half cup of lemonade, pink lemonade, obviously. Otherwise, it'd be a yellow tiggy. Uh, half <laughs> cup of club soda, some basil, some lime, and some gin. Um, it's good. The reason I threw the club soda in this is when I'm trying not to drink a lot of beer. Uh, if I just drink like a juice and vodka or a juice and gin... I, I it's too flat. I don't like it. So I want the club soda to give me a little like spring to my step, some a little body. pop, yeah. some body to it. Uh, so I dig it. I mean, I've had, uh, let's say, uh, let's just say two and a half. And uh, it's good. The Even though I shook it up in my shaker, shook it up in the shaker. Uh, Is that what you do? I, I'm, yeah, I'm getting a little gin heavy towards the bottom. So I don't know why it didn't uh. mix better, but. Um, it's, Mm. but also the lime sunk to the bottom. So it could just be a heavier citrus flavor at the bottom. I dig it. I think with mint, it would be better. Like I, like you were giving me shit about the basil. The basil is really there for the, for the smell. The Mm. perfect smell of a man should be basil. Um, (laughs) so I'm going to go ahead and give it a, uh, yeah, you don't see a lot of basil cologne. No, but you should, uh, let's go ahead and give it a. Let's give it a. Th- I'm gonna give it a four because it. it's yeah. completely harmless and it's easy to drink. It's a good summer cocktail. Uh, speaking of cocktails, quick shout out to uh, uh, acquaintance slash buddy slash we once slept in a garage together on cots. Uh, Jeremy Hahn has a comics and cocktails on Instagram, or is it yes cocktails and comics? It's one of those two. Um, where he's doing in, uh, recipes for cocktails and shit like that. So uh, I I can follow along with that, but I can't make any of those because I don't have 30 ingredients in my house. Uh, I have four. So, uh, But if you have a lot of cocktails ingredients and you enjoy nice cocktails, follow that you know, on Instagram. Anything else, my friend? Uh, no. No. I, I want to – now I want to bring back Speakeasy Comics. I can't believe you weren't around when Speakeasy was a thing. Like you weren't it, into it, comics. It sort of sounds like a thing, but I don't know. You know what you do is you send and you send out an in-store display, which is just like a, a cardboard door that you knock on, and then there's a, an employee standing behind the door. Yeah, that asks for the password. Yeah, they would love that. Like they're busy a answering of questions books on a table behind the cardboard <laughs> door. Yeah, they have nothing better than do than to like question you for your password. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So good job. Thanks, buddy. I I can't. I already can't wait to talk to you next week. Follow. <laughs> follow the show on Twitter 
and Instagram at TIG underscore show. Uh, follow Scott on both platforms. I've noticed you're back on Instagram, but you just post shit to your story. Not yeah, I like posting thing. stuff and just forgetting about it. Because uh, you posted something last night. I want to say it was maybe a headshot of a character in your Riddler book. It looked great. And then it's going to be gone by today. So yeah. how am I supposed to rub one out? to one of your drawings when it disappears after <laughs> you just slide into my hours. dms there you go okay so scott is on both platforms at scotty god i'm at, at scotty god or i'm at ryan cody on twitter and i'm at ryan cody 75 on instagram because some asshole has ryan cody uh all the past episodes are available take sh- or anchor.com slash take show jesus i'm a wreck anchor.com anchor.fm slash take show if you enjoyed the show leave us a review please uh tell your friends go to patreon.com slash take show uh all that good shit yeah thanks dude good shit thanks dude uh and also one last uh shout out uh follow um uh brown bottle social club on instagram do that do that do that great supporter of the show good guy uh the only one who bothered to make the trek out to visit us last week he drove the furthest outside of me so all you other comic creators in the West Valley who said you were going to hang out with us last week and didn't, <sighs> say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, please. Scott. Please, I did it. 